Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Birth Launch Podcast. Today we are diving into something that I think so many people do not prepare to deal with, handle, think about until they're kind of in the moment. And that is pediatric dental care. What are you supposed to do when your baby starts getting teeth? When do you take them to the dentist? Are you supposed to brush that like one little tooth that has broken through? Today I have on my friend Nitty, who is a pediatric dental resident serving at the Pediatric Dental Associates in Philadelphia. Nitty, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Hehe. And hi, everybody. Um, I'd love to talk about teeth and particularly baby teeth today. That's uh, what I do. That's my forte. Um, and you know, if at any point there are things that maybe that you want me to explain a little bit more, you can stop me at any time. I'm happy to go into depth for it. Oh, okay. Let's get started. So I guess the very basic question is when should we expect our baby to start to get teeth? Is there a time that's kind of too early and it's concerning? Is there a time that's too late and that's concerning? Okay. So on average, you would expect to see teeth around the age of six months. But it's very important to understand that this is an average. Um, a lot of the times, you know, everyone has different milestones. And if your child doesn't have teeth till the age of eight months, one year, sometimes even one and a half years, um, there is no need to panic. The main reason being that even if you do take them to a pediatric dentist, we're not going to take x-rays that early to check if the teeth are coming in because we know that sometimes they're just delayed. Now, if it's past two years and we're not seeing anything, then of course, we're going to do a little bit more digging to see what's going on. But majority of the times, I would say it's a, a range from about six months to about a year, year and a half at the latest. Um, having said that, I've seen teeth come in as early as late as eight months. Um, interestingly enough, sometimes you could be born with a tooth or two. And uh, they are called natal teeth. Um, so literally, you're born with teeth. Um, a lot of the times we wouldn't even do anything about it, but if they're loose and we have the fear that your child could maybe ingest it accidentally because they're loose at that point, we might actually consider removing them quite early. Um, so if you do see teeth on your children, literally at birth, uh, that's something to discuss with your pediatrician. Um, I'm also a lactation counselor. 
Uh, I've been a dentist for over 10 years now. So I kind of handle both aspects. Um, and that's why uh, I feel like this is a topic where parents might freak out if they see children born with teeth. You also might see teeth a few weeks later. They're called neonatal teeth. Um, it could come in a few weeks to a few months later, but not you know, as late as six months. So that's also something, um, you know, if they're, if they're in place and they're not loose, we don't do anything about it. It could, could cause issues with breastfeeding. Um, you know, they could bite your nipple when you're breastfeeding. So that could be something, you know, that might be difficult for a parent. Um, but only if they're loose, are we going to consider removing them? Sure. And these neonatal teeth, are they taking the place of the baby teeth or will this child now have three sets of teeth? They'll have the neonatal and those will fall out and then they'll have baby teeth and those will fall out and then their adult teeth. How does that That's work? Really a great question. Most of the times they're actually your baby teeth. Uh, they just came in really early. And if we do remove them early, it means they'll, they'll be missing for a while until the permanent teeth come in. Um, Sometimes you might see something called supernumerary teeth, uh, which means they're just additional teeth. It's not a whole set of teeth, but it's just like instead of having 20 baby teeth, you might have an additional one or two. Uh, they're just extra teeth. So it could be that too, but majority of the times they're just your baby teeth that came in really early. Wow, that's fascinating. That's really cool. Okay, so when those first teeth do kind of pop through, what should we do? Is that the time to make a uh, appointment with your dentist? Is that the time to start brushing? And we kind of want to visit the dentist after we have a full mouth of teeth. What does that look like? Okay. So parents ask me, when should I start brushing my teeth? The moment you have teeth, you can start brushing them. Um, do, you, do you need to take them that early? No, you usually want to wait until their first birthday or six months after their first tooth comes in. That's kind of the guidelines that the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry gives. Uh, whichever comes first. So say you, you know, they got their teeth in around eight months, you can still take them in by their first birthday. And if you're late by a couple of months, that's okay, but we don't want to push it to like two or three years. Um, now in the beginning, even before they have teeth, a lot of the times what parents do is they use the little finger brushes only because it kind of helps your baby get used to the idea of having something weird, you know, um, squiggly and brushing around in there in that gum pad area because when the teeth first come in they're tiny little nubs so um, you want to use really soft bristled um, finger brushes or a regular toothbrush whatever works easier whatever works better for you but um, you want to make sure they're really really soft bristles now when do you introduce toothpaste um, so until the age of, you know, one, two, or even three, sometimes kids find it very difficult to spit. And obviously when they're one, they're not able to, they don't even have the concept of spitting, which means whatever toothpaste you're going to give them, they're going to swallow it, which is why um, the amount of toothpaste you need until the age of three is just one rice grain amount of toothpaste once in the morning, once at night. So even if they swallow it, it's completely safe. So literally a smear, that's all you need because um, all you need from that smear really is the fluoride. I'm a very pro fluoride toothpaste, uh, pediatric dentist. Um, fluoride has great benefits when it's used in the right amount, which is a rice grain smear, and it helps to strengthen your teeth. It helps to rebuild certain weakened areas of enamel on your teeth. Um, and it also has an antibacterial effect. So, um, definitely want to use a fluoride toothpaste. There's so many in the market doesn't matter what brand it is. Um, 
I would say, you know, there's Crest, there's Colgate, whatever works for you. You're just using a rice grain amount. It's not like you're using a significant amount of toothpaste. Once they're three years old, then you move it to a pea-sized amount of toothpaste. So three to six is pea-sized. And honestly, even past the age of six, the way they show the toothbrush toothpaste ads with like a whole like, you know, little squeeze of toothpaste, you really don't need that much. It doesn't back too much toothpaste. Um, but yeah, a pea-sized or a little bit more after your six is more than enough. Okay, and it sounds like there is an oppositional side to the fluoride conversation. What do those people tend to kind of believe? Um, so there are studies that shows fluoride to be a neurotoxin, and I am fully aware of that. Um, fluoride can cause fluoride toxicity. And that's when you take it in, you know, in a very high amount, um, you know, the way I look at it is sugar in, you know, high doses can be toxic, you know, it, it causes so many issues. Similarly, fluoride, anything in moderation is, you know, can be good for you and anything which is beyond the amount that's recommended um, is not good for you. So for example, you never want to leave your child unattended with even adult toothpaste around because if they swallow a tube of toothpaste, um, then you want to make sure that you've called poison control kind of like what you would do if your child swallows anything. So if you your child doesn't have access to things around the house that they're not supposed to have access to, and similarly, if you give them a smear of toothpaste, that is really good for them. If they're going to swallow a whole tube, which never happens, obviously that's not good for them. But um, as long as you're giving it to them in the right amount, the benefits outweigh the risks. So um, it's really, really good for their teeth. Sure. I mean, anything in too much, like we're all made up of 80% of water and too much water is a problem, right? Like, so anything in too high of a dose, of course, can be an issue. And interesting to hear you say call poison control. I don't know if a lot of people would think about that because it goes in our mouth. So I don't think a lot of us probably connect it with something that might be dangerous, even in large amounts. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm not saying that you need to call poison control if they have like a little bit more than a smear, but if they're swallowing a tube, kind of like, you know, children sometimes get hand, get their hands on, say, I don't know, cleaning detergent or anything like that. Anything that there's not supposed, they're not supposed to be having at that age, you definitely want to call your doctor or just make sure that, or, you know, Google it saying, Hey, child swallowed so-and-so, what should I do? And mostly it'll give you a guideline as what to what you should do. Um, but yeah, it's not something I even consider or think about because children are supposed to get a rice grain amount of toothpaste. And in that tiny little amount, it is so good for them that I always, always, always recommend fluoride toothpaste. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought of either side of that. I just... I do what my dentist tells me. I have never uh, thought about that. Okay, so while we're on the topic of toothpaste, is it important to have child safe toothpaste? It sounds like maybe it is. Is it important to have non-toxic toothpaste or the more natural toothpaste? What are we looking at for children? So I think, you know, in, in today's day and age, everybody has different, um, fam every family has different, you know, schools of thought. Some people are vegan. Some people are vegetarian. Some people are very, you know, want to use all natural ingredients. You do you. That's not my place to tell. Um, you know, that's not my place. I'm not a nutritionist. But yeah. for me, what I'm looking for is fluoride in a toothpaste. If you have that, um, usually if you're going to call it a natural toothpaste, I'm not sure if it'll have fluoride in it. Um, a lot of the times parents tell me, you know, my child hates 
you know, the, the taste of toothpaste so much that he just won't let me brush. Um, if you are telling me that you're not going to brush at all or just brush without the toothpaste, I'm going to say, you know what, remove the toothpaste, then just use the toothbrush because that's much better than not brushing at all. Um, you also have some um, toothpaste in the market that are non-flavored. Um, I forget the names, but there's plenty of them. I looked it up on Amazon the other day because there are kids that just can't tolerate any flavors. They don't like whether it's a fruity flavor, whether it's a minty flavor. Um, so again, do what's right for you as a family. But as a pediatric dentist, what I tell you is I like to see fluoride in a toothpaste, the brand you can pick, uh, the flavor you can pick. Um, there are really expensive ones. There are inexpensive ones. You choose what works for you. Cool. Okay. So another question that just kind of randomly dropped in my head. We've all kind of seen babies that have their own toothbrush and their own like finger thing. And then the parents come back and do it for them, obviously. At what age is a child appropriate to brush their own teeth and like responsible enough to actually clean their teeth? So this is great. Um, kids are even at the age of one, sometimes they want to take the toothbrush and they say they love the toothbrush. They love brushing. And that's great. But parents need to realize that really all they're doing is just holding that toothbrush, biting on it. And some of them just love the, the taste of the toothpaste. So, you know, let them stop practicing. If they want to hold a toothbrush, by all means, let them do it. Let them have fun. Let them get used to the idea of a toothbrush in their mouth. Um, but until the age of seven, even if they're brushing on their own, go in after and help them because they're not expected to have the manual dexterity or skills to do a good job until they're about seven years old. The concept we use is until they can tie their own shoelaces or write cursive, that's when their manual skills are well-developed. And if that happens for some kids, it might happen earlier, which is okay. And you can stop you know, brushing for them, but until they're able to do a good job, I would do it for them. Wow, okay, interesting. That is much older than I would have suspected. Um, wow. Okay. I think you've answered all my questions. I feel confident in kind of going forth with, with introducing a toothbrush and toothpaste. Is there anything else that parents need to know other than the things that we've covered? All right. So I'll go over a couple of things. Um, flossing, for example. What is the right time to introduce flossing? Um, and I would say... When the teeth start touching together, that's when you want to floss because toothbrush doesn't get in between the teeth that are tightly contacting each other. So for most kids around the age of three or four is when their back teeth are touching tightly together. A lot of the times the front teeth don't even have contacts until, you know, their permanent teeth come in. And some kiddos have really tight contacts between their front teeth. So you kind of have to gauge when you take them to the dental visit, the dentist will talk to you about it as well. But back teeth around around the age of three is a good time um, to introduce the, I like floss picks for kids. I just think they're easy to use. Um, they come in cute like colors and, you know, handles. So, you know, kids think it's a fun exercise. A lot of the times parents will even use a spin brush or an electric toothbrush for kids. And that's okay. Um, the best way to brush for your kids is the, the one that works for you as a parent. So, um, if they like the idea of a spin brush, you don't have to buy the fanciest one in the market. You can get something as cheap as five bucks on Amazon, or you can invest in a slightly nicer one. Um, a lot of the times parents say, oh, but he hates it and he fights me. And I, you know, I'll say it's his or her job to do that. They're kids, you know, they're going to do that. And if we kind of give in to their tantrums, they know they can get away without brushing their teeth at night. So 
you just have to find a way you're the boss you have to find a way to get it done um we have different ways to you know help parents uh brush their kids teeth uh when we have parents come into the offices we kind of demonstrate things that work positions that work um but you always want to come from behind if you try to brush from the front the the child can you know move in either direction and it may not be as easy but if you come from behind you kind of get head control and once you have your child in a headlock say you're sitting kind of lock them between your feet come from behind and then brush their teeth that gives you a much better control um things that help motivate them you know for older kids who will understand uh you know motivation you can say hey like you know there there's a company called grin natural for example and they have these little um tooth the brushing stickers and charts so say you finish all 7 days of the week you get a little prize on the 7th day um you want to reward them for good behavior not bribe them but reward them when they're letting you brush uh sometimes you can say you know here's your toothbrush and while they're brushing on one side trying to get in to the other side and brush in there sometimes tell them you know why don't you brush my teeth and I'll brush your teeth let's make it a fun game or we all brush together as a family at night or you know give them a little toy which has teeth and say hey i need you to brush so and so's teeth and then i'm going to do it for you as well whatever it works for you um and then i always tell the parents you don't have to do it in the bathroom stay your kids on a high chair and you feel like you got them in a good lock as soon as they finish their nighttime meal go in and brush for them you're in the bath when they're getting their shower or their bath at night go ahead and do it at that time there's no right place uh but there is a right time to do it because you definitely if you so we usually recommend twice a day if you are only brushing once a day for them the nighttime brushing is way more important because you don't want them to go to bed with all of that food and sugar on their teeth um so while we do recommend twice a day nighttime is definitely the one that you'd never want to miss maybe do the nighttime brushing for them and let them play around more in the morning um so that's what i would recommend Cool. I love to hear you talk about boundaries because you guys, this is about your child's health. Like dental health impacts so much of your other health that it's really not a choice whether we take care of your teeth. You just have to teach your child that it's something that we do. Um okay, I have a question about flossing. Is it the same thing as uh brushing where you should go back and floss for your child and around that 7 years mark or is this something we're really not letting them do themselves and we're kind of doing it for them until a certain point? Yeah, I think around the age of 7 is a good mark to have and then they've kind of gotten used to you doing it. They watch you do it and then, you know, have them practice a little bit by themselves. The floss picks are quite easy to use. So, um, you know, once they're a little older and if they want to switch to a regular floss, if that works better for them, sure, but until the age of 7, I think floss picks work great and they can definitely do it themselves to let them start practicing earlier on and then once you trust that they're doing a good job, sure, let them take over. Cool. This has been such an insightful conversation. I have had so many like light bulb moments. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. So if anybody wanted to follow along on your Instagram journey to learn more pediatric dental things, tips, hot stuff, um where can they follow along with you? Yeah, uh perfect. So you can follow me at baby tooth dentist. Uh that's my Instagram page. We talk a lot about what's the right time to take them to the dentist what happens if they fall and bump a tooth what about use of pacifiers thumb sucking there's so many topics that we you know talk about all the time so you can dm me if there's anything that has been bothering your child or that you're concerned about or just follow along for all the tips that we share um pretty much on a weekly basis 
That's where I found you, Nitty. So I love their Instagram. I mean, please go follow them. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. This has been wonderful. You gave us so much wisdom, way more than I even knew to ask, like thoughts and questions that I had no idea were even a thing. Listeners, I hope that you are walking away feeling more confident to know what to expect when your baby starts to have teeth, know how to care for those teeth and know the appropriate time to head to the dentist. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Birth Launch Podcast. Until then, take care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. there just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice diagnosis or treatment please consult your health care provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast side effects may include educated adults informed decision making skills and consensual care tranquility by he he and the birth lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast the birth parent deserves all the credit